This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my Father's world, I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees, of skies and seas, His hand the wonders wrought. This is my Father's world, the birds their carols raise, the Can you tell he's there 
closer to God than ever before. Then you're closer to God than ever before. Welcome, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tagg, and I'm the bridge minister here. Thanks today to Debbie Tagg and Jim Haugerud, our musicians, and thanks to Eileen Platten for reading our lessons and sharing the children's message with us. And thanks to our recording engineer, Isaac Christensen, for keeping us on track and putting this recording together. And many thanks to each of you who are listening today. You can listen to each service live at 8 a.m. on WPCA Radio at 93.1 FM or live on their website at WPCARadio.org each Sunday morning. You can also listen anytime through our podcast, available on your smartphone via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website, which is NUICparish.org. I encourage you to listen and subscribe to our services whenever you get the chance and to our new services which download each Sunday morning. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin or through our website, which again is nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by O.J. and Jan Aune in memory of Eugene Eldon. We want to thank O.J. and Jan and WPCA Radio for this broadcast. We depend on the generosity of listeners like you to keep this broadcast going. We have a couple announcements. Uh, July 24th, Little Falls will be hosting their chicken dinner. And Deronda on July 14th, 15th, and 16th will be having a garage sale. And hope many of you can attend one or both of those events. Jesus said that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Even though we aren't all together in a church today, we are gathered in Jesus' name. And he is present with each of us wherever we might be. His presence with us is a gift we celebrate and proclaim as we worship together. As you participate in our worship service, you may want to have a cloth to lay down before you, a candle, a cross, and a Bible to follow along with our Bible readings for today. We continue our worship asking God to bless our time together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join me as we go through the confession and forgiveness of our sins. We confess our sins before God and one another. God of liberation, we are quick to forget all that you have done for us. We ignore your commandments, choosing ourselves over you and our neighbors time and again. Lead us out of the wilderness of our sin and into new lives of love. Our God does bear us up on eagle's wings 
and lovingly gathers us to himself. Receive the entire forgiveness of all your sins and walk in the freedom and confidence of God's deliverance in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Please listen along as Jim and Debbie sing our gathering songs. Well, Debbie, we're uh, right in the middle of another holiday, Mm -hmm. uh, 4th of July, and I remember Pastor Schultz always had three words uh, we should remember on the 4th of July. was celebrate, meditate, and dedicate. And of course, celebrate, you know, don't forget to go to a celebration, go watch a parade or something, and then meditate. Think about what the 4th of July is, how lucky we are to be living in this country we are in, and uh, God certainly had a hand to do with that, so don't be, be sure and, and thank him for that. So meditate on that. And then dedicate. Uh, dedicate, he said, make yourself a better citizen and a better neighbor, so our country will be a little bit better. So folks, uh, this weekend, remember those three words, if you can. Celebrate, meditate, and dedicate. So, I walked through a county courthouse square on a park bench, an old man was sitting there. I said, your old courthouse is kind of run down. He said, nah, it'll do for our little town. Well, that flagpole there, it leans a little bit, and <laughs> that sure ragged old flag you got hanging from it. Well, he said to have a seat, so I sat down. He said, is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, yeah, I think it is. Well, he said, I hate to brag. Well, we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see that little hole she's got down there? That's from when Washington took her across the Delaware. She got powder burned the night Francis Scott Key was watching her while writing Oh Say Can You See. She got a little tear down in New Orleans when Packenham and Jackson was both tugging at her seams. She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville. She got cut again at Shallow Hill. There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, and Bragg. And that south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. She almost fell at the Alamo beside the Texas flag, but she waved on, though. In Flanders Field in World War I, she took a big hit from a Bertha gun. She hung low, and she hung limp in World War II. And she was blood red by the time that one was through. She's been to Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. The Native Americans, the blacks, yellow, brown, white, all shed red blood for her stars and stripes. In the land that she loves, she's been abused, she's been burned, denied, dishonored, and refused. And the government for which she stands has been scandalized throughout our lands. Yeah, she's getting threadbare. She's wearing mighty thin, but you know, She's in good shape for the shape she's in, and though she's been through the fire before, I know she can take a whole lot more. So we raise her up every morning. We bring her down slow at night. We don't let her touch the ground, and we fold her up right. So on second thought, son, you know, I do like to brag. 
because we're mighty proud of that ragged old flag. This land is your land, this land is my land, from California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. As I went walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. I roamed and rambled, and I followed my footsteps to the sparkling sands of her diamond desert. And all around me, a voice was sounding. This land was made for you and me. When the sun came shining, and I was strolling in the wheat fields waving. And the dust clouds rolling, the voice was chanting as the fog was lifting. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land, this land is my land. From California to the New York Islands, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. This land was made for you and me. We continue with the litany. There is enough for everyone. But sometimes I find that hard to believe. But there is enough for everyone. Surely if others get more, I will have less. Ah, but there is enough for everyone. But if I want more, it will have to come from someone else. Uh, do not buy into the lies of the world. Help us to see that there is enough. Do not wish to take away what others have for yourself. Yes, we will honor and protect their possessions. Continue with the prayer of the day. Blessed Yahweh, you provide us with all that we need to flourish. Turn us away from envy and give us a heart of gratitude for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We invite Eileen Flatten to come up to share the text for today and the children's sermon. The first reading is from Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbors as yourselves. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The second reading is from Exodus 20, verse 17. 
You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Good morning, boys and girls. It's time now for the children's message, or as I like to say, for all of us who are still children at heart. I have a question for you. What does the word covet mean? To covet means to want something selfishly without caring about what others think or feel. It's perfectly fine to want things. It is not okay to want something so much that you think about it all the time or you may take it from someone else or be jealous of someone who has what you want. Coveting is being jealous of what others may have. In Exodus 20, verse 17 that I just read, it lists a few different things that we may jealously want. The verse lists our neighbor's house, wife, female, or male servant, ox, donkey, or anything of our neighbor's. This verse lists some things that most of us probably don't have. I don't have any servants or oxen lying around. But it ends by telling us to not covet anything that belongs to our neighbor. And remember, our neighbor is not just the people who live in the houses right next to ours. Anybody we meet is our neighbor. So we must be careful to not want anything that anyone else has. That sounds really difficult, doesn't it? Some people may even wonder, what's the big deal? Are we really hurting anyone by wanting their stuff? The problem with coveting is that it's a sin that happens in our heart. But no one can see where coveting starts except you and God. It's like a little seed buried deep in our hearts which will grow like a weed and turn into other sins. Of course, even if you never lie or steal when you want things, coveting is still a big problem. The Ten Commandments are divided into two sections. The first four commandments are about how we can have a good relationship with God, and the last six commandments are about how we can have good relationships with our neighbors. When we covet, we want something so bad that we think about it all the time. We stop thinking of our neighbors how we should. We focus on their stuff instead of focusing on how we can love them best. We cannot respect and love our neighbor when we are focused on wanting their stuff. Remember, coveting is a sin that happens in our heart. It does not start out as something we do, but it's something we feel. Only God can see what's in our hearts. And when we covet, God sees that we are not content with what he has given us. Think about it. When we want more and more and more, it tells God that what he has given us is not good enough. When we focus on what other people have, we forget to thank God for what we have. That is a big problem because God has given us so much. Coveting means stuff is more important to us than God. When we covet, we cannot respect and love God like we should. Coveting hurts our relationship with God and with our neighbors. What are some things we can do to help us not covet? How can we protect our hearts from wanting more and more and more and from being jealous of other people's stuff when the world tells us that it's okay and sometimes even a good thing? Well, of course, the Bible has the answers for us. When we are happy with what we have, we won't be jealous of what our neighbors have. When we are content, we can have a happy relationship with God and with other people. Could you please join me in prayer in thanking God? 
Dear Lord, thank you for everything you have given us. Help us to be thankful for everything you give us and not always wanting what other people have. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Father, we thank thee for the night and for the pleasant morning light, for rest and food and loving care, and all that makes the world so Change my heart, O oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O oh God, may I be like you. Oh, thanks for that song. I, I've been using that as kind of a preparation for the sermons this last month especially as we deal with the Ten Commandments about change my heart, O God, make it new. Now we're on the last couple commandments and this one I think is one of our harder ones and we don't talk about much. We, most kids can talk about adultery or killing or uh, honoring father and mother and all those. The idea of coveting, we don't deal with as much in our culture because in many places it's considered a blessing to have things and to get things and and stuff so uh, the narrative which we follow I want to read what they had as far as their preachings theme to get us started God's commandment not to covet invites an attitude of gratitude and happiness I remember years ago I would often drive through wealthier neighborhoods than mine and longing for the homes with giant planters and impeccable landscaping on many occasions, I had to say aloud, I'm coveting, I am coveting. It may seem harmless to want something someone else has, but is far more insidious than at first glance. Coveting is not just about wishing for more. At its core, coveting is about failing to see all that God has already given us and an ungratefulness for what is ours. As long as my mental and emotional energy is being directed toward what I do not possess, I cannot direct that energy into living a life of gratitude for all that God has done for me already. Sadly, coveting can turn into taking. And when someone takes another's possessions or home or spouse, the consequences to all involved can be devastating. The long lasting effects of betrayal Trauma, for example, will change a person irrevocably. That is not a choice the coveter taker should be allowed to make for another. Just over a number of years ago, a minimalist movement began creeping into our culture. The idea is that people can make do for far less than media culture says people need. Remember vividly, seeing my first tooth whitening TV commercial and thinking, I never knew I needed that. Until a commercial, a color of my teeth had never even crossed my mind. Now, yellow teeth are a sign of poverty or at best, laziness. Now, while a minimalist lifestyle is not for everyone, 
it certainly highlights our culture's strong need to start needing less, to start coveting less. We have come to a place where coveting is woven into our culture's fabric. It's time to stop. It's time to listen again to God's words. You shall not covet. Learning to live with less stuff and more gratitude is hard work. It's a lifelong practice. But it's also a key to satisfaction and happiness that is often overlooked. God's laws were not designed to make us miserable, but to liberate us from the things that prevent us from living full, grateful, happy, connected lives. Many of us have gone to uh, the good old gas station and seen the price of gas go up very high for us, and we hear complaints. And sometimes we need to look at ourselves maybe in some different light because we've always had gas at a cheaper rate because of how we've been able to work economically around the world. When we started our Ox Lake International Villages, we had an India village. And one of the things I remember reading was some people saying, well, why don't those people from India eat the cows? I mean, there's poverty and, and uh, hunger, and if they would eat the cows, it'd be so much better. And the India response was, well, you need to think with us a little bit on that. We use everything that the cow produces, from taking the dung and, and mixing it with mud. Uh, it actually served as a, a way of keeping their homes clean when it had been dried properly. They would use the hides and stuff when it died. They'd use the milk. The sacred cows that they had didn't use up grain or anything else, but kind of roamed around. So it didn't cost them much to have those cows. And it was an important part of their livelihood. It was inside of their culture. They, in turn, might turn to us and say, we have our sacred cows, but what do you have that's sacred? And they would say, it's probably your sacred cars. You, uh, you take clean drinking water and you actually wash them with those. You have fought wars to keep gas prices low so you can drive them. You even build homes for them in which those cars are to be stored or to be lived in, if you will. What about your sacred cars? When we get into this whole thing of coveting or trying to think out what the world is about, we need to take a step back and remember that we deal with a lot of wants versus a lot of needs. They said back in the early 1900s, there were about 20 or so needs that we had, like housing, uh, water, food, and so forth. But by the 1970s, it was identified that we need about 126 needs. In other words, somewhere along the line, we decided that once became needs because we are a very affluent society. Our desires make things our needs. One of the questions we have to ask each other, is that really a want that I have or is it a need? Advertising, by its very nature, tries to make our wants needs so that we will buy it. They try to make our wants into desires that are strong for us. And it's why in my day when we were young, we heard a lot about keeping up with the Joneses. I haven't heard that for a while, 
but that's something that uh, was that if the Joneses got a new car, I wanted to have a new car. If the Joneses had a, a addition to their house, I wanted to add to my house. So if they got a swimming pool, I wanted to have a swimming pool. He got caught up where we wanted to live like everybody else. But Seneca, the Roman, uh, was right when he said, money has never yet made anyone rich. Money has never yet made anyone rich. Think about that for a while. We spend so much of our time trying to come up with things that will make us happy, things that we think we need, and many times we take it at the expense of our neighbor from here or from around the world. We play Russian roulette with greed. Enough is enough. We used to do a Feast of Nations banquet at camp, and I remember afterwards one of the kids who hadn't gotten much to eat that night and was very angry at me came up and said, I do not live in a very rich neighborhood. We are poor. And I said, well, that's interesting. I said, how many cars do you have? Three. Do you have any boats or uh, snowmobiles or anything like that? Yeah, we have a couple of those. We have, uh, how many bedrooms do you have? And went on and on, and she ended up having a very wealthy home. But she couldn't see that because she heard her folks talking about what they didn't have as opposed to what they did have. We all get caught in that kind of lifestyle. We look and think, if we just had these things, we would be happy, or we would be more desirable, or we'd be more... Um, in with the crowd. Advertising tells us what we need all the time. The gospel today and what Jesus is trying to say and God was trying to say is remember there are two things you want to have. One is you want to understand that which is important, the treasure that really does make a difference. We get caught up not thinking about that as often as we should. We think in things. Here is a little story that I uh, liked for, called The Treasure by Alice Gray. The cheerful girl with bouncy golden curls was almost five, waiting for her mother at the checkout stand. She saw them, a circle of glistening white pearls in a pink foil box. Oh, please, Mommy, can I have them? Please, Mommy, please. Quickly, the mother checked the back of the little foil box and then looked back into the pleading blue eyes of her little girl's upturned face. A dollar ninety-five, that's almost two dollars. If you really want them, I'll think of some extra chores for you, and in no time, you can save enough money to buy them for yourself. Your birthday's only a week away, and you might get another crisp dollar bill from Grandma. As soon as Jenny got home, she emptied her penny bank and counted out 17 pennies. After dinner, she did more than uh, her share of chores, and she went to the neighbor and asked Mrs. McJames if she could pick dandelions for 10 cents. On her birthday, Grandma did give her another new dollar bill, and at last she had enough money to buy the necklace. Jenny loved her pearls. They made her feel dressed up and grown up. She wore them everywhere, Sunday school, kindergarten, even to bed. The only time she took them off was when she went swimming or had a bubble bath. Mother said if they got wet, they might turn her neck green. 
Jenny had a very loving dad, and every night when she was ready for bed, he would stop whatever he was doing, come upstairs, and read her a story. One night when he finished the story, he asked Jenny, Do you love me? Oh, yes, Daddy. You know that I love you. Then will you give me your pearls? Oh, Daddy, not my pearls. But you can have Princess, the white horse for my collection, the one with the pink tail. Remember, Daddy, the one you gave me? She's my favorite. That's okay. Daddy loves you. Good night. And he brushed her cheek with a kiss. About a week later, after the story time, Jenny's dad asked again, Do you love me? Oh, Daddy, you know I love you. Well, then give me your pearls. Oh, Daddy, not my pearls, but you can have my baby doll, the brand new one I got for my birthday. She's so beautiful, and you can have the yellow blanket that matches her sleeper. Oh, that's okay. Sleep well, and God bless you, little one. Daddy loves you. And as always, he brushed her cheek with a gentle kiss. A few nights later, when her daddy came in, Jenny was sitting on her bed with her legs crossed Indian style. And as he came close, he noticed her chin was trembling and one silent tear rolled down her cheek. What is it, Jenny? What's the matter? Jenny didn't say anything but lifted her little hand up to her daddy and when she opened it, there was her little pearl necklace. With a little quiver, she finally said, here, daddy. It's for you. With tears gathering in his own eyes, Jenny's kind daddy reached out with one hand to take the dime store necklace. And with the other hand, he reached into his pocket and pulled out a blue velvet case with a strand of genuine pearls and gave them to Jenny. He had had them all the time. He was just waiting for her to give up the dime store stuff so he could give her genuine treasure so like our Heavenly Father. When we covet, let's not settle for the dime store stuff. Let's study, let's take what God wants to give us with thankfulness. The last story comes from Gerhard Frost that speaks again about our attitude when we talk about these last two commandments. She was not quite set 97. And when she died, one who waited at her side heard say it. Tuck for alt, thank you for everything. It was her home-going word to God. Like a good guest, she addressed her host. She spoke as one well-taught, well-taught by life, by memory and expectation. To be gift-conscious is to be wise. To know whom to thank is grace indeed. To know the gift and love of the giver, to have learned life's dearest lesson is to be rich toward God. Of all the things I pray for you this week is that you'll be rich toward God, thankful for the gift and gifts that he gives, and being content with what you have and who you are. Blessings as you live a thankful life. Amen. While the world looks upon me as I struggle along, they say I have nothing, but they are so wrong. In my heart, I'm rejoicing 
How I wish they could see Thank you, Lord For your blessings on me For there's a roof up above me I've a good place to sleep There's food on my table And shoes on my feet You gave me your love, Lord And a fine family Thank you, Lord For your blessings on me Well, you know I'm not wealthy These clothes, they're not new I don't have much money But Lord, I have you And to me, that's all that matters Though the world may not see Thank you, Lord For your blessings on me For there's a roof up above me I've a good place to sleep There's food on my table And shoes on my feet You gave me your love, Lord And a fine family Thank you, Lord For your blessings on me Yes, thank you, Lord For your blessings on me We continue as we confess our faith together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, and he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We'll now go to the prayers of the church. <clears throat> faithful promises of our God, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Lord of all nations, grant me grace to love all people, every race, and in each mortal may I see my kindred loved, redeemed by thee. Forgive me, Lord, where I have erred by loveless act and thoughtless word. 
Make me to see the wrong I do will crucify my Lord anew. Give me thy courage, Lord, to speak whenever strong oppress the weak. Should I myself the victim be, help me forgive, remembering thee. With thine own love may I be filled and by thy Holy Spirit willed that all I touch where'er I be, may be divinely touched by thee. God of plenty, open our hearts to know that you have and will provide all that we need. Turn our eyes away from the possessions of others and show us how to live gratefully with all that you have given to us. God of promise, you hear our prayer. Turn our eyes toward those who lead and help us to support them with our patience, tolerance, and love. God of promise, you hear our prayer. Turn our eyes toward those who are in need of healing, especially Becky Anderson, Arlene Johnson, Craig Olson, Jeanette Helling, Jean Hoisington, Rachel and Derek Helling, Kelsey Zamuda, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Christina Burgett, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Randy Goglin, Rachel Seacrest, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Scott Morgan, Lee and Maury Nicholson, and Debbie Bow. Help us to offer with grace and compassion the love and care they need for healing and wholeness. God of promise, you hear our prayer. Turn our eyes toward those who possess less than we do. Show us how to love, empower, and provide for those who live in poverty of body, mind, and spirit. God of promise, you hear our prayer. With humble hearts, we lift these prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. And now may the peace of Christ be with you always. You may take time to bless yourself or someone else worshiping with you using the Trinity formula. Be blessed, or I am blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Or you can take time to remember your baptismal, uh, what they said over you when you were baptized. Or it could be like your name, like mine is Lauren Stephen Tague, child of God, sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Be at peace. I am at God's child. Well, as people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church. Even when we are physically distant, we invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish to the synod or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love, 
and to serve our neighbors in need. We'll continue with the offering song.
Generous God, in your mercy and love, you give us all that we need. Accept these gifts returned to you for the good of the world. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts of ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Receive now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you a favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord, and thanks be to God. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. I have seen him in the watchfires of a hundred circling camps. They have builded him an altar in the evening dews and damps. I can read his righteous sentence by the dim and flowing lamps. His day is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory. He has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never sound retreat. He is sifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him, be jubilant, my feet. Our God is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory. Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make all holy, let us die to make all free while God is marching on. Glory, glory, 
For amber waves of grain For purple mountain majesty Above the fruited plain America, America God shed His grace on thee And crown thy good with brotherhood From sea to shining Whose stern impassioned stress A thoroughfare for freedom beat Across the wilderness America, America God mend thine every flaw And firm thy soul in self-control Thy liberty Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. God will take care of you. Nothing you ask will be